This week on The Cynical Optimists, problems with the Oscars' new host, problems with Bethesda's customer support, and are there problems with Smash Ultimate and the new Avengers trailer? We give our first impressions of both. Hello and welcome to the Cynical Optimist podcast, where we got our powers by being bitten by a radioactive podcaster. I am Phil. And I'm Nick. And that opening line was meant to be a lead-in to a discussion on Spider-Man PS4, but we've had a bit of change of plans here at the Cynical Optimist this week. Uh, We decided that there are probably more topical things to speak of, which happens when you're a new show. So we're going to discuss some other things I haven't played the Spider-Man DLC either, so... And that was There's what was going to make it topical, was that Nick and was going to play the DLC. Phil hasn't even played the normal game, so... I've played it for a bit, and I've watched a Let's Play of the f- up to the end of the first DLC. Well, I don't think we're, I don't think we're that up-to-date on it that we could do a full episode on it, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we're just going to go over the news and just discuss some of the biggest stories of the week in more detail. Uh-huh. Film and TV news. Um, Phil, have you seen I, Tonya? No. Okay. It's a really good <laughs> film. Came out earlier in the year. Uh, directed by Craig Gillespie. Um, starring Margot Robbie as uh, Tonya Harding. Uh, okay. well, basically, the director of said film is supposed to be taking over the reins on Cruella, which is Dis- another new Disney live-action film. That will uh, centre around the villain of 101 Dalmatians. So, like, uh, was it Maleficent? Yeah. But probably better. I don't know, I never saw it. Um, and apparently it's tipped to star Emma Stone as well, who's a very good actor. She is. She is. Of course, well known for being probably Gwen Stacy in those amazing Spider-Man movies. I think she's been in quite a few memorable things because, like, when you said it, obviously I thought La La, 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 La Land, Land, yeah. I uh, thought Gwen Stacy. Yeah. She's also in. Is she in Easy A? Yeah, or whatever probably. That I don't know. I have not seen it. I've seen so think, quite a lot of stuff with Emma Stone. She's she's really good. Yeah, no, she's quite versatile. I'm definitely up for seeing this film as well as Dumbo and Aladdin and The Lion King and everything else they want to throw at us next year. Yes, although what I haven't seen, sorry to interrupt, is I haven't seen Mowgli, but that's now out, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> we discussed that briefly on earlier it's... in the season. <laughs> yeah. So I've just, I, would, I did watch a review of it because I was just a bit curious as to whether it'd be worth watching, even though I do have Netflix, I could have just watched it, but I was like, hmm, <laughs> is that what I want to watch? Is it like um, a three star? See, apparently, um, well, it's obviously been headed by Andy Serkis. Yeah, uh, but apparently, like the, like the facial capture and the motion capture technology just ends up being a bit uncanny valley, which is kind of unusual because it's yeah. usually been done quite well. But yeah. obviously, I can't comment too much because I've not seen it. But apparently, it also tries to be a bit more of dark and a bit closer to Rudyard Kipling's original books, which were a bit darker and a bit, a bit more Warner bit more... Brothers. Hmm. Yeah. Make everything mm. dark and gritty. <laughs> um. There'll be more of Dark and Gritty Warner Brothers news a bit later, but for now, Phil, the Oscars 2019, more controversy than ever. You seen about this? 
No, I so haven't. What's fifth, happened this time? Kevin Hart. On the 5th, Kevin Hart was announced as the host for the 2019 Oscars. And then it turns out he's not a great human being and he's homophobic and all this and the other. And then two days later, he was announced as stepping down from the Oscars. Oh. <laughs> so, there you go. It's not, not what you want, is it? No. There were a load of, like... Because obviously uh, <laughs> the Oscars and their ever reactionary approach to things was obviously that like there was the controversy over like Oscars, Oscars so, white. so white, yeah, yeah, exactly. So then, they, so then they bring in Kevin Hart and then they unearthed a load of stuff from his comedy <laughs> about like <laughs> literally had this whole routine about being like, I wouldn't want my son to be gay. I'm just saying, I'm not homophobic, but I wouldn't want my son to be gay, and it just. Just a load of shit, like... <laughs> he's God's just, sake. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, expect the new host of the Oscars to be reactionary to that, and they'll get a black a- gay guy or something. And then it will turn out that he's secretly a fascist or a Nazi or something. And yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> at least keep on they, going. <laughs> at least they're trying. Yeah, it's better than them doing nothing. Exactly. Like, I'd rather um, somebody that tried and failed than someone who did nothing. Exactly. Like Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> are you interested in watching Titans? Is this related to the... Like, the the old Titans films? The Clash of the Titans? No, this is related to Teen Titans. But it's the gritty oh, one, I've... and it's just known as Titans. Yes, I've actually seen that first trailer for it. I just completely blocked it from my mind until you started talking about it. You remember the fuck Batman line? Yeah, no, I do remember that now. Shows how interested I am for it. (laughs) Well, reactions have actually been pretty good so far to it, because it's gone online in the US to the new DC DC streaming service. service. Yeah, Um, but obviously that, that didn't make it to the UK for some reason. So the way you're going to be able to watch it is on Netflix, and it will be streaming from the 11th of January, so it will be pretty accessible to so, you and me. So actually, because of whatever reason they're not rolling out their DC service over here, we're actually going to be in a more convenient place to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Um, plus the fact that Netflix probably needed to produce some kind of gritty superhero thing, because obviously... Marvel of jump ship. Um, yeah, this is um, <laughs> this is a rebound. I know. <laughs> this Netflix is the rebound. Like, Fine, I don't need you, Marvel. DC <laughs> are here. They said they'd take care of me. <laughs> they kind of needed each other, didn't they? They were both a bit of a a rebound mm. for re- rebound for each other. Um, but yeah, the uh, the re- the reactions have been pretty good, so I'm probably going to give it a little go. Apparently. Um, it's not all like it's not like Gotham where they're not allowed to use certain things because apparently Batman does pop up, which is pretty okay. sick. Um, and you've got like two Robins in there. You've got like you've got like uh, Dick Grayson who's like new gritty Robin, and for some reason Jason Todd appears as like this upbeat, friendly Robin, which okay kind of doesn't really make sense. But no, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I will probably give that a go starting 11th of January if you're if you're in the UK on Netflix. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting, actually. Fuck Batman. Um. 
Marvel news, well, the beginnings of Marvel news, Jake Gyllenhaal has been confirmed as Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. Are you excited? Actually, yeah, pretty much. Uh, like, I've heard Mysterio's quite a good villain. Yeah, and, Like, definitely. he's quite an interesting out-there villain, and I think it could be a really good movie. I think it's yeah. good this direction they're taking the the newest wave of Spider-Man films in. Yeah, because uh, Keaton was a fantastic villain as well in the first one, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see another really good actor just really get their teeth into it. Um, little side note, if you've ever watched Nocturnal Animals, that's a really fantastic film with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. He's a good, good actor. He is. You know he was going to be Spider-Man at one point. Yeah, and actually... Uh... Obviously, we're not going in depth in Spider-Man PS4, but he, Spider-Man, uh, the Peter Parker in that kind of reminded me of Jake Gyllenhaal a little bit. I okay, don't even yeah. know why. I see that. Yeah, but you can see where I'm coming from, from based yeah. on like the performance that Yuri does and all of that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, between Spider-Man one and two, there was like a pay discrepancy with Tobey Maguire, so Gyllenhaal very nearly got the role actually for Spider-Man two. That would have been. I was about to say that would have been yeah, uh, like just dropping in because obviously they've replaced side characters in superhero films such as um what wrote uh Colonel Rhodes and like um Batman's love interest in Batman Begins gets replaced, doesn't she? <laughs> Rachel. Rachel, sorry, fan, names fan favorite to me today. Fan favorite Rachel. But um, Rachel. Yeah, it would have been really weird if they just replaced the lead. Maybe there would have been yeah. a Spider-Man 4, though, because they'd have just... After that, there'd have been no barriers in just replacing cast members. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, well, you know, they, they changed the Hulk, didn't they, in the MCU? Yeah. Kind of, if you still count the Incredible Hulk as being in the MCU. Kind of is, kind of isn't. <laughs> the, the, like, the characters show up elsewhere, but everyone just kind of shrugs about how much it actually is in. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm very excited to see what they do because that yeah I I there's the problem with the amazing Spider-Man films it's kind of people we'd seen before popping up again, um, and obviously yeah. I want to I want to see some of those classic villains like the Green Goblin and stuff in the MCU eventually but like this is a chance to do something really out there and like Mysterio is you can do a lot with that character it's been it's been like used as like a comedy character before and but then on the other side like I'm I'm pretty sure Mysterio tricked Wolverine into killing the X-Men in one of those comic runs. Like, yeah. It goes pretty dark at times. Yeah, it's not just like um, going back to the Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus just yet. Like, I want to see them eventually. Yeah, me too. Um, Maybe as part of the Sinister Six like they are in Spider-Man PS4. Or knowing Sony, it'll probably be like a separate universe with a Green Goblin solo film or some shit like that. And the second act will be fine, but the rest of the film will be terrible. <laughs> Wait, you're saying the second act of Venom was good? I've heard it. You told me not to even watch the film. No, it was shit. Something <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might not be shit. Um, we've got the new trailer for Captain Marvel. Do you see it? Yes, I saw that trailer. Looks pretty good, good, right? Mm. Yeah, 100% more Ben Mendelsohn always a good sign yeah and I think it's um going to be interesting how it obviously all fits into the because it all takes place in the past and obviously a young Nick Fury and things like that and yeah no I, I remember when the first trailer came out 
There is a... Have you ever seen any of the imagery from the live-action Dragon Ball film? No. So if you look up um, the character Piccolo from that, he looks oh, just wait, no, like... Oh, wait, no, no, yeah, I do, yeah, I think I do, yeah, uh, I think I've seen the cinema sins of that or something. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so a lot of people are making comparisons to that, and obviously in this new trailer, her hair goes all up and glowing, so yeah. <laughs> the comparison came back again. But no, I think it looks really good. Yeah, I think it Plus, looks like... like those scrolls, those scrolls are pretty accurate to the comics as well, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Plus, I just Ben Mendelsohn's just great. I want him in more films. <laughs> HMU WGN. <laughs> That's hit me up with gaming news. Oh. <laughs> HMU WGN, Phil. So, this week, we once again start the gaming news by following up with a previously covered story, and this is the continued disaster that is the release and following controversy relating to Fallout 76. So after last week's rather long story, Bethesda started to repair relationships and offer proper compensation for those that ordered the $200 edition of the game, and were upset that it came with a nylon bag, and not the canvas bag as originally advertised. So, after that offering 500 atoms of in-game currency. They've actually now, they actually then said that if uh, affected customers raised a ticket with Bethesda support, they would be eligible for getting a proper canvas bag and they're going to do a new production run for them. So actually, that's all pretty good. Um, and this is why you keep up the social media pressure in these sort of situations. Right. So, wait, hang on, wait. They have to, like, prove they've bought the game. So they have to prove they bought the two hundred dollar edition and raise a ticket if they want, you know, the canvas bag. So I mean, it's still, still a bit out of the way just to get a canvas bag, isn't it? Yeah, and there's still going to be people who just aren't as savvy online who aren't going to get one who yeah. would have got not what they paid for. So, is this where the saga sun finally ends, Nick? Do you think? Absolutely not. So, Question as reported. Mark. Later this week, Bethesda's support website has leaked the information of Fallout 76 customers. <laughs> As reported in Kotaku, among Destructoid and many other places, users who put in a ticket were given access to the internal support system itself. Right. This allowed anyone to view all the open tickets, open and closed tickets, and to view s- sensitive customer information. So this what? is... Home address, credit card information, email addresses. This has been confirmed with multiple users worldwide. One person put a screenshot screenshot up on Twitter. Uh, Of someone else's details. I was saying that uh, it was like, at Bethesda, should I be seeing this? Right. (laughs) And it was a screenshot (laughs) of a lot of people's details and a lot of ticket numbers. (laughs) So Uh... the leak has reported... (laughs) reportedly being fixed now but that's still quite a serious data leak yeah and literally whilst i was writing this up last night i kept on having to stop reread it and just shake my head in disbelief (laughs) this is well at least they can all afford a new door for their shelter or whatever now with their 500 atoms (laughs) whilst they wait for the new canvas bag run and yeah well, they, they might need, to do to they might need was... a new. They might need new doors for their actual houses now after everyone's fucking leaked their information all over the internet. New credit card as well, probably. Yeah, five hundred atoms get you one of those. 
So sure. one of the uh, the top responses in the comments section when I was on Destructoid reading this story was there's a clip from The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps on walking in different directions and steps on standing on rakes and <laughs> smack him in the face. Yeah, I know the one. And that one, and I just thought that was so incredibly apt to this situation. Like, Bethesda steps one way and just gets hit by a rake. Brilliant. And, like, I'm just waiting for when they finish this production run and just, like, oh, the bags have all spontaneously combusted. <laughs> Gonna raise another <laughs> ticket with Bethesda support and we'll try and get you a replacement. <laughs> just what if this is just a prelude to how the world actually ends up, like how it does in the Fallout games? You know, everyone's details are just everywhere. Everyone's fucking producing bags to try and, like, offset Uh, customer demand for bags, you know? To make up for it with the pre-order of the next Fallout game, they're going to be giving people actual nuclear weapons. (laughs) And that's going to be how the apocalypse starts. Exactly. Because they'll be made from, like, not top-quality uranium, and they'll all go off. Maybe this is genius marketing, Phil. Getting you ready for the apocalypse by just... Exactly. Screwing you over multiple times. <laughs> so on Thursday, it was the Game Awards. So we talked about the nominees when they came out. And mm-hmm. actually, apart from that, there's not been too much news this week. So I'm just going to give a run through of the show. Uh, obviously, it's the Game Awards. So it's all the glamour of video games and all the glory of giving awards to video games. Um. And also there was a lot of announcements, there's a lot of news that comes from it, because a lot of companies use it to announce uh, new games or just mm-hmm. updates on pre-existing games. What was quite nice, I didn't catch the show, because in GMT, in our time zone, it would have been half one in the morning, and no, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So I, caught, I just read up on it and watched a few videos of it after. Um, but it was opened by the heads of the American branches of Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo together, Wow. Presenting a message of unity through gaming, which was really nice. Which means a and shared I... universe of <laughs> games. Yeah, no, Smash Launching Bros. is going to ex- expand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a merger of Disney Infinity, Smash Bros., Minecraft, Lego <laughs> Dimensions, just until it consumes the entire gaming world. Um, And then, kind of, there was the awards throughout the night. So I'm going to go through a few like key things I picked out from going through the list. Hit me uh, up. So Spider-Man did not win anything. Bollocks. Exactly. I think it was absolutely snubbed. <laughs> um, the uh, the games that cleaned up house were God of War, which yeah. won Game of the Year amongst others. Uh-huh. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which won Best Narrative. Best Balls. Amongst others. Best Bulls on a Horse. Best Bulls on a Horse Award. <laughs> uh, and Fortnite, which won um, like Best Continued Game or something like, something like that. I've actually got the winners in front of me, but I still can't remember what Fortnite won. Best Ongoing Game, I was right. Right. Um, and so actually, it wasn't a massively surprising night for that. Like Red Dead and God of War swept up a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Some ones to highlight from... For me, uh, that despite the fact they were f- out of the five games nominated for best family game, three of them were published by Nintendo, and Nintendo didn't win. Ah, who won? So, uh, a game called Overcooked Two, which was published by Team Seventeen, the same people who do the Worms games, right? Uh, won best family game, 
And actually, I've played that game. That game is really fun. I'm yeah. actually going to get it for my Switch when it's on sale. Ooh. It's basically, Overcooked is, you can play it with like multiple people, but basically you're a chef in a kitchen, and it's really simplified mechanics. But you're like a little guy like running around, you have to chop the vegetables, cook, all the timers are going, and you've got to get orders out. Right. And when there's like two of you... I work in hospitality, to... Phil. I don't need to play that on a console as well. Oh, but it's like a funner version of <laughs> hospitality. <laughs> um, also, you've got Dragon Ball Fighters that won Best Fighting Game, which nice. was well-deserved. That game is great. Um, and also, Smash Bros. wasn't out until the next day. Uh, and also, in the world of esports, I don't follow esports very much. Yeah, I'll watch... Fight, I'll watch one or two fighting game tournaments if I catch them. Um, so I don't really know most of the names. But the guy who won best esports player was quite good because he, uh, well, he, he goes by the user Sonic Fox. He is a gay black furry. So it's a bit more diverse than you traditionally get in yeah, games. Yeah, brilliant. And, um,. After one of his tournaments, actually before he'd even played the final to see if he'd win, he'd uh, told one of his close friends, like, look, the winnings, um, I'm going to give them to you because his friend's dad had cancer. Aww. And he donated his winnings. So, yeah, no, that was really, really positive. Who presented the award? Was it Kevin Hart? Actually, interestingly enough, I did actually write this down. Uh, Do you know Joel McHale? Mm. Rings a he's, bell. Uh, so he plays the li- well. He plays like the lead in community. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he, back in, I think he's done the. He's been in the involved in the awards before. Uh, I think he co-hosted in 2013 because I actually watched it that year. But in that year, he seemed so like disinterested in it. And it was actually quite funny. It's before I'd even seen Community, I was like, this guy just does not seem like he cares. Right. And the thing is, um, the thing is, I li- really like him as an actor. And this time, like, he came on stage and he, like, did, like, a very short, uh, like, set of jokes about, like, gaming and stuff. And it's clear that, obviously, he does, like, do games. It's like, this is this is a much better performance than that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he, yeah, he was just there to give the best esports player award, and I think a few celebrities came throughout the night. Yeah, uh, one of the comments I saw on Twitter that I found quite funny was, uh, "Game award shows are the only award shows where people have to like comment on how they've actually played the medium. You don't go to the Oscars and get someone giving out an Oscar being like, I love watching films.' <laughs> Whereas like in game awards, because there's still that kind of almost a stigma about it. Yeah. Everyone giving awards is always like, yeah, I love playing games. That's a, I like playing these games. Which obviously, is, it's nice to see it's becoming more mainstream. But once we reach a point where like gaming is just as a common thing as films or books or whatever. Yeah. like Hopefully people will stop doing that. <laughs> um, no. And also throughout the night, there was live music performances from of this, uh, the new theme for Smash Bros. And actually some of the music from Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, nice. And I'm a big fan of live action, uh, live music performances. Yeah, so I that, watched them I both. They're I saw, really good. I saw Star Wars with a live orchestra last week. Oh, cool! Yeah, pretty sick. 
So yeah, that kind of wraps up what I was going to say about the awards. You can find a full list online. There's some interesting winners there, but it was uh, a lot of cleanup by a few games on the big categories. So in terms of game news and announcements, I actually have Marvel news this week, strangely enough. Right, Uh, just strangely enough. Have you ever heard of Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Yes. So there's been two games in that series. Uh, the last one, I think, may have been ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. But they were both multi-platform games, um, <clears throat> action RPGs. And the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, was announced at the Game Awards. Nice. What's interesting is that it's exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Oh. Well, the, the entire game? So it's only going to get a release on Switch. Wow. After the first two were multi-platform, and it were actually released on quite a few consoles. And I thought this was quite an interesting move, considering Marvel approached Sony about doing a, you know, a... Spider-Man game. A, a Sony-exclusive game, and now this Marvel game is going to be exclusive to a different system. Yeah. Maybe it's just Marvel making sure Sony realised that, like, you know, you still have to work for it. And I'm just going to, like... <laughs> join up with you on everything but no it's the trailer looks very comic booky i'm not sure i've never played the first two but i haven't caught caught the trailer yet i'll I'll have to give that a little watch in a bit yeah but that was uh quite out of well that's quite surprising to me as well Hmm. um but yeah it looks looks interesting very nice um the first dlc character for smash bros was revealed Mm -hmm. in a reveal trailer and have you ever played Persona 5? No. Uh, so I was going to do this in a different way to see, get like to gauge your reaction, because the character's name is Joker. <laughs> right, okay. I was going to be like, Joker's playable in Smash Bros. And you'd have been like, what? The Joker versus the Grinch versus the Cat in the Hat coming <laughs> in Smash Bros. Ultimate 6 or whatever it's called. But if you want to play as Bruce Wayne, you have to make a me that kind of looks like him and do it that way. <laughs> Yeah. But no, it's um it was not even like a gameplay trailer because I think this was literally thrown together for the game awards. But interestingly enough, Persona 5 uh is not actually available on a Nintendo system, but the character is making his way to Smash. So that's what people now. Yeah. Talking about whether it will get a port ported over or anything like that. Hmm. Although I think it's important to note in that conversation this was the same when uh, Cloud from Final Fantasy 7 was announced for Smash for Wii U. Yeah. And now, finally on Switch, Final Fantasy 7 is getting a release. So, nice. it's not guaranteed and it might not be straight away, but obviously it shows that the two companies are talking. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Hmm. Um, so, following up the Insane Trilogy for Crash Bandicoot, uh, the same team are now going to remaster Crash Team Racing. So that's going to be coming out to multiple platforms soon. Excellent. And that, I'm guessing, is... Oh, the Insane Trilogy made a decent amount of money. Let's just continue remastering Crash games until we get to the bad <laughs> ones. Yeah. Um, Mortal I mean, Kombat that's what 11. Dis- that's what Disney are doing, essentially, with their live-action films, right? That's true, yeah. That's very true. History just bloody repeats itself, doesn't it? We're going to recreate season one of The Cynical Optimists next year. Well, to be honest, with the amount that companies keep on going back to the same well, we might, 
you know, end up with a show that has the exact same news as an old show one day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 got its first trailer at the Game Awards. I've heard of it. Me too. But that's just a long-running <laughs> fighting game, so... But the one that I thought you would find interesting, actually, is because you, you watched Stranger Things, right? Yes. Uh, so, the, from the creators of the TV show is coming Stranger Things 3, the game. Right. And it's based off the events of the third series of the TV show, and it should be coming next year. Ooh. So, if you like Stranger Things, look up the trailer and have a, have a, look, have a watch. I, I very much do. Wait, there's a trailer for the game, which is based on season three, even though season three hasn't come out yet. Yeah, pretty sure that's... Uh... Yeah, because they, they tweeted about it. Right, I don't okay. think it's going to be a very long one. It's just kind of like an announcement. Right, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, you can look that up. You should watch the show on Netflix. It's on my list, like everything is. <laughs> um, and then, have you ever played a game called The Stanley Parable? No. Very good game. It's like a narrative game, as in like your actions. It's not like fast reactions or anything, but you can go through it in different ways, and like the narrator will change what he says based on what you actually do, and it's... So, really, sorry, no, it's, do you, Stanley or Stan Lee? No, Stanley. One word. Okay, right, yeah. I thought was there a video game based on Stan Lee? No. Although that if you played as Stan Lee in the Stan Lee parable, that would be quite interesting. <laughs> Just because I know what you have to do in it. But that's getting a console release and like some more content to it. And uh. I very highly rate that game, so I thought I'd mention it. Nice. You can get it on PC already. The Stan Lee what? The Stan Lee Parable. The Stan Lee Parable. One word. <laughs> <laughs> um, aside from that, uh, the, a new game from the creators of No Man's Sky was shown, shown off. Oh, yeah. Um, just with a short trailer, and they're actually making it a very small game, because before No Man's Sky, that was just an indie developer that made small-scale games. Okay. So it seems they're just going back to Roots, which... And it looks interesting enough. It looks very indie adventure game, if you know what I mean. Like, the yeah. the, the colour scheme, the aesthetic, the sound. Very nice, but it doesn't look like anything massively special. Is it not going to function as it should for the first year of release? Um, well, I'm expecting the, uh, the founder of Hello Games to do a lot of uh, talk show interviews where he says that, like has like co-op and it doesn't yeah <laughs> and it does your taxes for you no it doesn't it's got like a hundred levels and it's got five <laughs> so i'm expecting that to happen i still need to pick up no man's sky it's going pretty cheap these days well the thing is every time they bring out a uh, free update for it it does actually make the game a bit better so yeah. the lowest i've seen it is like 20 quid and that still seems high for me <laughs> Like, yeah. I usually wait until things are a bit lower, so yeah. I have to say, like, now it's got the co-op, I could see it being fun if, like, say me and you or, like, us and a, f- like, a few friends got it, and, like, we spent an evening, like, exploring together, but I'm not it's sure not, how is easy it, that is. Is it cross-platform? I don't actually know that, so I'm not have to look into. Huh. It's probably something that, um, Sean Murray said, well, <laughs> in the run-up to release. Yeah. But whether it's actually true or not is the actual question. You can play this from anything. You can play it from your mobile. You can play it from your lamp. (laughs) 
You can play it from your fridge. <laughs> I get it. Um, so the last bit of news I'm going to cover. There was more announcements. There was a ton of announcements. Like, look up the full stories online if there's anything I haven't mentioned. But there is a game uh, coming from a developer called Obsidian. So it kind of links to our uh, coverage of Fallout. Mm-hmm. But Obsidian Entertainment created a game called Fallout New Vegas, which was basically made using the Fallout 3 engine, but told a whole new story. Okay. And it's very highly regarded amongst Fallout fans as one of the best. Nice. Um, and it's actually like the only one not made by Bethesda. Huh. But recently Obsidian have been acquired by Microsoft. And so they're going to be a first party developer now, which is a bit of a shame. But Yeah. But they showed off the first like um trailer for their new RPG called The Outer Worlds and you're kind of like a scavenger on a far off planet and it actually looks really good. That sounds very cool. Yeah, so it's called The Outer Worlds if you want to look it up, but I'm interested to see more of that and from what I've heard Obsidian are pretty good developers, so nice. Hopefully they won't promise a uh space helmet and send like tinfoil or something. <laughs> That's a big thumbs up from the cynical optimists, potentially. Well, we're optimistic about it at the moment. Yeah. My thumb is at like, what angle is that? It's at about 60 degrees, I'd say. It's wow, solid... 60, 60% of a thumbs up. 60% of a thumbs up. Nice. So, so now I'm going to move on to headlines, which is just like the few other few things from the week. There's actually really not been much reported on this week, which has been quite nice. Because <laughs> uh, the last few weeks have been quite busy. Yeah. But um, somebody looked into the PlayStation Classics data and found 36 games that were not actually on it in the data, like references to it in the code. Brilliant. So we're not sure if this was to test the hardware or what. But a lot of people are commenting that there are games in that list that have rather been on the system. <laughs> Is it is this a thing that can be updated? Is it Wi-Fi enabled or anything? See, I thought they might have been going that way because the box specifically uses the word 20 games preloaded. So you could load other games onto there? Exactly. It, it kind of opens it up to that possibility. But from what I've heard, no, that's not the plan. Brilliant. <laughs> so I don't know if that was something during development that got scrapped or whether it will happen, but... I don't think it needs... It's, like, Wi-Fi enabled, really, because mm. it's a, you know, it's a PS1 emulator, yeah. basically. So I don't know. But if you want to see the full list of games, you can um, find it reported online. Yeah. That's a bit shitty, is <laughs> um, Oh, well. And sticking with Sony, uh, the Sony did their own award show this week called the Sony's PlayStation Award winners. And basically, I scrolled down... I, I clicked on this out of curiosity and I scrolled down the list. Basically, um, a lot of the prizes, apart from one category, just went to games that sold well. <laughs> so it starts at Quadruple Platinum, which is games that's shipped more than 4 million units in Asia. Yeah. Right. Then Platinum is more than 1 million. Gold is more than 500,000 and so on. Um, so it's not the quality of the game, it's literally just no. how well it's sold. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like a bit of a pointless thing. It just seems to be, apart from the very last one, it's all based on sales 
and what's been the most successful in inverted commas in that regard. Yeah. Um, apart from the last one, which was user's choice, which was uh, voted for by PlayStation fans in Asia. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, jointly went to the top 10 because they've listed all 10 here. And Marvel Spider-Man is on that list. So it, it at least was well, included in the list of 10 games that uh, got a user's choice award. It's one thing but that was, hasn't been snubbed from. But this whole thing, I was just like looking for it and I was like, isn't this like the ultimate patting yourself on the back? Yeah. <laughs> you made us money. Yay. And finally, as I always do, this isn't particularly weird product news. It's kind of strange DLC news, and I thought that was close enough. Uh-huh. But uh, Two Point Hospital was a game that recently released in September, which is based very heavily off the an old game called Theme Hospital, uh-huh. which was a great game. You like it's basically a hospital sim, but all the diseases and stuff are really like over the top and cartoony. Brilliant. Um, and Two Point Hospital was kind of doing stuff like that as well. For example. One of the diseases called uh, lightheadedness, and people have like literal light bulbs for heads. Okay. And then they get treatment, and then their head is back to normal, kind of thing. <laughs> but that's had its first DLC announced, which is like winter themed, because obviously the time of year it is. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, got Bigfoot in it. Right. <laughs> so it's called um, Two Point Hospital Bigfoot, and it's just like a winter region hospital. It comes with like other stuff as well. Um, so some of the new dis- new illnesses are things called like cold shoulder <laughs> and stuff like that. Amazing. So the game's real fun. The DLC looks like it's going to be like wacky and fun. So pick it up if you're curious. That's a that's a that's seventy degree thumbs up from the cynical optimists. So Phil, did you see any trailers for a Marvel film this week? Yes, Captain Marvel. I think we might have discussed it. Okay, let's move on then. Okay. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> we got the uh, the trailer for the um, for the the Avengers sequel that follows on from Infinity War, and it's been given the title End Game because you know that's what that's what Doctor Strange said in the previous one when he was like, "We're in the End Game now," and then he crumbled and died and whatever. Uh. <laughs> And did... basically, um, why did that title have to stay a secret? It's not, it's not spoilery at all. No, but I like. I think they, Disney are very, when they start the press for like certain films is very specific. I don't really know. I reckon it's quite strict. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like DC will just put up, put out any old shit, won't they, about what's coming up and whatnot. Whereas. Uh, hmm. Marvel kind of just has its t- its slots in the year, and then just kind of announces what it's going to be like a few like half a year before kind of thing. Yeah, no, they got quite sensible got everyone, in some ways. They got everyone a little hype with uh, Captain Marvel, and then they're like, "Let's keep this good vibe going." And then they did the Avengers Endgame as well. Yeah, well, and uh, I imagine the Jake Gyllenhaal Instagram post with the Mysterio comic was probably planned as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as well as being snubbed from this episode and snubbed from the Game Awards, Spider-Man's also been snubbed from life in this film. Did you see him appear on the little screen? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I also have seen Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tote some mosh. Um, 
What do you think of the trailer? I thought it was very interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting, obviously, how Tony has seemingly inherited uh, the Guardianship. The is it the Milano? Yeah, the Milano. I think you see Nebula is on that ship a little bit later on, but obviously she probably doesn't need oxygen or food or drink or something, so I don't know, because she's obviously like mostly cyborg. Yeah, so, um, so he's, they're just he's, chilling. He's struggling, um, mm. which I thought was pretty pretty impactful. Um, he's he's really good, isn't he? What, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, like I think... Makes me think, are they le- like lining up for him to make his exit? Most likely. this film, you reckon? I just think that they've kept his character. Like His character has obviously developed a lot, but it's also just a very consistently written character. Like The way he sort of like... He, he sort of makes a few jokes, even when he's like giving this kind of speech to Pepper like for a recording. And yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's just they're such really, just really good, consistent characters. Um, and a very, a very another emotional line I found was... Uh, when Steve Rogers says it will work because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't kind of thing like it's that's a character that you know from the beginning as being just like a very optimistic character and then to, to see him say a line like that it's just like th- this this trailer didn't show a lot but the stuff it does show you're just kind of like ah it's this character saying this yeah and he's uh, clean shaven again now and he's yes. back to being more cap yes um, yeah, I, don't, I, I couldn't see if he had the star back on his costume or anything like that. But uh, no, I looked out for that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm very hyped for this. Got a dark, dark Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, is, is it like Ronin? Ronin is. Yeah, the, that's that, that's that what I read. Because um, he's not using the bow and arrow by the looks of it as well. Yeah. No. He. He. I reckon his family or all, all of them. What have have turned to dust? Yeah. Now he's just very. Uh, yeah, well, he's um obviously. It looks like it's a couple of parallels to like uh, his role in like the Old Man Logan graphic novel as well. Like, kind of just like going around with a sword, just being a bit more, being a bit more rogue than he than he normally appears. Yeah, because it seems like they have to track him down. He doesn't like come to them yeah. because of this has happened. It seems he decides to do his own thing. I was actually very excited at his reveal in the trailer, even though I've never really been. Excited at oh, seeing no. Hawkeye in an Avengers movie. No one, no one's favorite Avenger is Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't know. I could, don't could, could be after this film. Could be after this. Well, that's the good thing the MCU does. It does seem to find ways of making like characters very interesting and like giving everyone like spotlight and things yeah. like that. No, exactly. Um, um, did you see Ant Man and the Wasp? Yes. So that was actually the most surprising bit for me because obviously the post credits and that spoiler yeah. alert for Ant Man and the Wasp coming up is Scott goes back into the quantum zone or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, the other three all turn to dust and he's stuck in there. Yes. So he clearly manages to get himself out of that uh, predicament. Well, I don't know. People have like people think there might be more going on in the quantum realm. Than initially thought, so who knows how he gets himself out of it? But he he seems to be on his own when he knocks at the. Uh, I like that scene mm. when he's knocking at the. Uh, Can you buzz me in? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I was glad to see him in the trailer. And that you know he's 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 arrived in a van in that in that bit at the end of the trailer. 
That's the van from the end of the post credit scene. That's the that's the one that they put the quantum thing in. Oh, right, yeah, because they're up on the roof of the building, aren't they? That's right, yeah. So that van yeah. is... There's a reason he's probably still got it. I don't know. Maybe they're going to use quantum technology to get themselves out of this bloody big mess. But Yeah, because uh, you... It's, it's going to be stuff in uh, either time travel or quantum Yeah. It's going to be explained with a lot of big hand waves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I'm glad they dropped that scene in at the end of the uh, at the end of the trailer. That was that was a, a moment of light heartedness in a very very gloomy trailer. Yes, but no, I think it's a nice looks, moment of levity. I think it looks pretty beautiful. Like some of those shots, like the, the Milano just drifting through space. Uh, the actual image of of like Tony in the helmet is like. It's very reminiscent of the first Iron Man when he's got he's even got the same kind of like black vest on. Um, yeah, he's obviously he's taken the suit apart to do that, and he's yeah. been tinkering with it. You can see that he's like dismantled it almost. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, well, um, yeah. Plus, yeah, that that suit took a hell of a hit from Thanos at the end of Infinity War. Yeah, it was, well, it was basically destroyed <laughs> by then, wasn't it? Yeah. But so, no, I. I'm not sure if, what Tony's actually going to be doing for that film, though. Because I'm not sure how he can contribute to the plot from the Milano. Well, I, I don't think that's going to be... I think that's probably going to be like a quarter of the film at the most. Yeah. And then, who knows, Captain Marvel bumps into him on her way back or... It's the windscreen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just do it the same as they did with Thor in the first one. Um, mm. Yeah, but... Uh, this is very exciting, isn't it? Yeah. No. Uh, Marvel are just going to get all the money next year. Mm-hmm. And they well, got just, like dis- dis- a Disney. lot of the money this year, but next year they're going to get all of it. Yeah. Disney yeah. just. Yeah. This will easily crack a billion and a half. <laughs> oh, it's going to have a bigger opening than the first event. Uh, well, Avengers three. Yeah, absolutely. So, Avengers Endgame. Coming in, and they gave the date of the way at oh, the end as well. It's, yeah, April, no, it's the it's, end of April, isn't it? Yeah, they they did that thing again where they were like they've moved it a week. So yes. yeah, we need to decide whether we're going to move our show a week. To, <laughs> or oh yeah, because it, it was originally the beginning of May, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was the same with um, Infinity War this year. And me and you were like, why did they move it? We've got our shows all planned. <laughs> And then we ended up did moving that one back so we could cover it when it came out. Yeah, but who I, knows what we'll do this well next year? Probably the same. We'll probably move it back because Marvel is is a dominatrix on us. So. <laughs> so this week, well, actually, we're recording. To put a timestamp on this, we were recording on Saturday afternoon about three o'clock. But so yesterday. Uh, a new Smash Brothers game came out. I'm not sure if you heard about this, because I've already mentioned it about three or four times this episode. Have you really? I'm pretty I've sure never... I've met... I didn't even know there yeah, was a no... new Smash game coming out. Yeah, I, I keep it to myself, don't I? Yeah. I'm just... You have to really force the information out of me. <laughs> so, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is very good. Mm-hmm. I got it yesterday. I played for about an hour or two, went and did some errands, got back. I was like, I'll play half an hour before dinner. Play for about two, had dinner, then played it some more, taking a break to write my sit-up notes. Played a bit more this morning. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's just... 
the music is great. Like, it's got uh, over 800 music tracks in it. Mm-hmm. 800? Yeah. Jesus. Because it's all the different series music. Like, the amount of remixes that get made specifically for the game is a lot lower, because obviously they've only got their... Like, what their band can do. Yeah. But it takes music from all the games and all the series that are represented. And it... Get, uh, music from the old series. like, But the new stuff is really, really good. Nice. Um... There's over 70 characters, but in this one, you only start off with the original eight from the first Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. So that's Mario, Link, DK, Pikachu, Kirby, Yoshi, Fox, and Samus. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is, you have to unlock. Okay. Well, as part of so, what, like story mode or... So there are a few ways to unlock people. Like, every few uh, just versus matches, like, it will pop up. And whoever won that will be, like, in the, the match to... You have to defeat them in battle to unlock them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is classic mode, which is, like, the one-player mode where you, like, play for a story, like, a preset line of fights. And if you do that in certain pr- conditions, that triggers an unlock. And also, the adventure mode, which I'll get to separately, is another good way of unlocking characters. So, to go through that, the regular Smash is pretty much the same as it's always been there's interesting new rules like there is stage swap mm-hmm. so you can choose two stages instead of one and that it will randomly move between them as you fight okay that's interesting so that's like a, new, a way to like mix it up because yeah. it's got over a hundred stages <laughs> i've not even been on all of them yet wow um so yeah this is just a massive massive game uh, tourneys about like tournaments, uh-huh. which is really good because they skipped the last one for whatever reason. Um, you've got Squad Strike, which is where you pick three or five characters, and like if one dies, the next one comes in. Yeah. So that means that you can like make it a bit more varied. Pretty cool. So they've done some interesting stuff to regular Smash. Uh, classic mode. Before it was kind of random. Like, they used to have, like, a preset path. The last few games have made it random as to who you face. Now it's back to preset paths for every character. Okay. And some of them are kind of standard. Some of them are quite funny. Like, Bowser's story, uh, Bowser's classic mode, because each one has a name, is called uh-huh. the Red One. Every Red One. And you fight all the red characters in the cast, <laughs> right. ending with Mario. Okay, yeah. And the whole thing kind of plays out a bit like a Specsavers ad. Like, Bowser's just attacking whatever's red. <laughs> and it's like, should have gone to Specsavers. Nice. It's like, oh, there's Mario. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. So, yeah, like, each... And it's just little details make it, like, bring that extra layer of polish. Um, so, just to talk on the adventure mode now, because that's kind of like... I've played about two and a bit hours of it. I've still barely scratched the surface. Yeah. But you watched the opening cinematic, didn't you? Because I sent it to you. The big hands, yes. Yeah, the big hands and then the light just murders everyone. Yeah. So that's obviously the the inciting incident of the story is that everyone dies but Kirby. (laughs) Well, they are captured, in inverted commas, by Galeem, who is the big ball of light in the sky. And... uh, everyone else in the universe has been turned into, in quotes, spirits. Huh. So it's basically a big adventure game board, and you walk around, and basically it's just a framing device for, like, fights. But well, each... I mean, it's a fighting game, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but each fight you bump into, the it's a character powered up with a certain spirit, and your objective is to free the spirits as you go. But the spirits give certain power-ups to the characters playing. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, like, you're fighting Mario, but the spirit is powering him up. Uh, means that randomly he will turn uh, metal and then back again. So it's different uh, conditions in each fight. Yeah. And that one, uh, very pleased with myself, actually. What I did was I just timed it just right. I jumped up and kicked him downwards just before he turned metal. So he got pulled down by his own gravity and ah, he died. <laughs> very nice. Um, but the thing is, these spirits, because obviously there are so many characters that people would want in Smash, the fights make them more like the spirits. So there is one, which is a team of three woodcutters. I don't even know what game they're from, but like basically a team of three woodsmen. So the fight makes it so it's uh, Simon Belmont, who has an axe attack, <laughs> and he'll only use the axe attack, and there's three of them. Right. And these different, all different colours. <laughs> so you can see it's like different ways that they're making those characters like in. Yeah. As you go through. Oh, that sounds fun. Think... And that's the thing. Some of the fights are really like quite inspired by how they like emulate the character from that media. Yeah. Like... Uh, there was a wheezing one, so you know Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And it's Wario, and there's gas all over the stage, which will damage you, and Wario will favourably use his uh, gas attack. Okay. And that's because it's wheezing, and it's just it's stuff like that. Yeah. So, so it's, a, no, it's, it's a lot more thought out than like some of the others in the in the franchise, right? Yeah. So, like, me and you spent a day playing through Subspace Emissary, which is the story mode for Smash Brothers Brawl. I know it. And that was, um, you know, those long platforming sections and with, like, a fight at the end. Yeah. Whilst that definitely had a more interesting story, the platforming bits weren't really... They were all right. Yeah. Whereas this, like, the story is definitely just, like, a framing device. Like, big evil, everything doomed, you must save. <laughs> and, like, the map all change like based on the decisions you make as well like certain routes will become blocked off because you've decided to go one way and okay like as like the and like the evil force will like slowly start to move against you but this is like you're walking around like a adventure game board you bump into somebody fight them okay you're done (laughs) move on to the next one you fight them too (laughs) nice and it's just very much i think it it's more of the core of smash cool which is like obviously the, the fights yeah so, yes, I would very, very much recommend Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. What degree of I'll thumbs probably... up would you give it? Whilst it's like it's still too early to give a definitive, because I've played only about maybe six or seven hours, Yeah, there is a chance that this might be my favourite Smash game. A 90 degree thumbs up? So, 90 or maybe even 95 degree thumbs up. I'll that's, let you know. No, that's going down again. That's going back towards thumbs down. Wait, 95 degrees is? Yeah. I'm confused by our rating system. <laughs> no, ninety degrees, like a like a right angle. That's a that's a perfect thumbs up. Get it? Okay, yeah, I get what you mean now. So, ninety five degrees is like trying to bend your thumb backwards, and this actually it seems kind of painful. And it's going back down again. Yeah, exactly. So, a perfect okay, yeah, 90, ninety degree 90 thumbs degrees up. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, we need to work on this system, clearly. <laughs> I just introduced it today. It's our thing now. 
So this week for Don't At Me, because this is such a broad topic that we've done, it's just basically talk about stuff and you like. <laughs> and I didn't, as a result, it becomes a bit difficult to choose something. Or we could talk about something we dislike if we wanted to. But yeah. I think I'd only do that if we weren't doing it for the discussion and it really, like, was on my mind. But anyway, this week I was on Now TV and this is a film that was leaving mid-January. So I was like, oh, I'll watch it again. It was quite good the first time. And the thing is, whilst it's not a fantastic film, it's far better than it has any right to be. And I'm about to out... Well, if anyone didn't know, I'm a massive nerd. I co-host a film, TV and gaming podcast. Do um, you? Yeah. Oh. No, it's called the uh, Cynical Suffering. Uh, <laughs> but this film is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions. And it is... The thing is, when I was little, I used to be really into the card game, uh-huh. really into the anime. Now, I mostly just watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge, which is by a guy called Little Karibo. It's really good. You should look it up. Um, and to be honest, the films from a few years ago, they made one, then I think they made one for their 10th anniversary. Both pretty poor, because they're basically like, here is ambiguous evil that's come up, beat them in card game, they go away. <laughs> that's literally 90 minutes, job's good. And this one takes place, this one was actually written by the series' original creator. Okay. And it takes place, because at the end of Yu-Gi-Oh! So, spoiler alert for like a 20 year old anime mm-hmm. uh, the, there it's all about a guy called Yugi and he completes the millennium puzzle which brings out the dormant pharaoh that's inside that basically helps him beat card games it's kind of strange when I describe it <laughs> out loud but he's got his longtime rival which is Kaiba who he defeats on various occasions and he's got his close friends at the end of the series they um, Yugi duels Yami, who is the fair inside, beats him, and because he beats him, Yami's soul is allowed to go off to the afterlife, and he is at rest, and then all the Millennium Puzzles fall through the floor and disappear, and that's meant to be the end, like, the, the pharaoh is gone, mm-hmm. and all that. So the new film takes place a few months or years later, it's a bit ambiguous. Right. Um, and part of it is that when Whilst a bit of it is like vague evil threat, basically when the millennium items go away, these new guys get power and it's the power to either recreate the world in a perfect light or if evil taints it, it will make it an apocalypse, that kind of generic thing. (laughs) But what's good about this film is that it's all about like, it's very character driven because it's not Yugi that's having a problem moving on past the Pharaoh. It's his rival, Kaiba. Right. And basically, he's basically such a rich person that he owns, like, ma- majority of the country's infrastructure, and he's just, like, insanely rich. Yeah. But basically, as part of his, like, thing, he's built, like, simulations that simulate the pharaoh so he can duel him, and he's like, no, I must, like, beat him for real. All right. So he goes into the hole where the puzzle's fallen yeah. to collect the pieces. Huh. Now, the... as it goes, like, if the pharaoh comes back, these new guys lose their power, so that's where the conflict is for, like, the mystical stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, he's basically, like, a private citizen who's just so insanely rich that the laws don't apply to him. Mm. He literally abducts a person. And he's just so insane about, like, the thing is, it's because he hasn't come to terms with the fact that he's gone. Yeah. And it's, like, very driven. And, like, whilst, like, a lot of it 
is like the card games and the cards like they don't actually stop to explain any of it they're just like it's the story is king for once yeah which is what I kind of liked about it was kind of refreshing so they don't spend much time like sort of uh, with um, what's the word I'm looking for giving like every single detail away and world building and um... well the thing is like it's been years since I played yeah I don't remember the, much of the rules. <laughs> so the fact that it was like these two guys are playing, but what's actually happening is like he's having to confront that he's actually gone hmm. and he just won't. Like he's going to rebuild the puzzle and f- and he wants to force Yugi to wear it again to so, bring back the pharaoh. So it doesn't actually matter what the rules are because you, you're invested enough in the characters that you don't need a load of exposition. Yeah, and to be honest, like I don't really remember much of the rules, but I'm pretty sure half the stuff that happens is like bollocks. <laughs> anyway, although there is one very cool bit where it's like they're using their spirits to bring out monsters because it's like this mystical magic kind of thing. Yeah, blue-eyed dragon and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. I so one. Yeah. First off, Kaiba somehow manages to beat the magic using technology, which is just insane, nice. and he just kind of shrugs it off. <laughs> and second, he starts losing. And somehow manages to bring a god monster out of the floor, even though do. the gods are supposedly gone. We've all been there. And just because you know everything that's led up to it, it feels like a nice bow end to the series. It doesn't, you know. I'd still say there are better films based off anime. Yeah. Like uh, some of the, some of the more recent Dragon Ball Z movies come to mind. Um, but it doesn't. But yeah. Trash the ending of the original series. No, what it does is it. Like, it just adds a little, like, footnote. Nice. Like, he, he struggled to come to terms with it. By the end of the movie, to be honest, by the end of the movie, Kyber still hasn't. He goes a bit insane. And the movie kind of implies that he manages to send himself into the Egyptian afterlife just to face a pharaoh, which is kind of nuts. But it was all about moving on. Sweet. And, like, the next step, so... Yeah. And it ties everything up quite nicely at the end. So it doesn't feel like untying loose ends just to retie them kind yeah. of thing. It all feels quite natural. Very nice. And where can I watch this? So it's on Now TV until midway through January. So get which on Which is it. the only reason I watched it. You've only got a month. Well, it's one of those things that if you're interested in it, you've probably already seen it. Uh, if you're not, you're not going to watch it. No. But apparently <laughs> that's what this don't at me is. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that brings us to the end of our show. We've uh, kept it a bit shorter this week, just because the last few weeks have gone on a bit. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to hear us droning on for two hours every week. We've got the awards coming up. Can't be <laughs> long enough. For full in on, the meantime, For full-on synops droning, just tune into the awards episode. <laughs> in the meantime, though, you can catch us every Friday on the Haddo Inc. YouTube channel, where we are still playing through... Lego Harry Potter years one to whatever. <laughs> um, those episodes are going up every week. And you can also find me at Haddo Inc. On where? On Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Mick Nortimer on Twitter. And you can find the podcast for updates and sometimes we'll post about the news we didn't get time to cover or more on stuff as it's happening at Synot Podcast. Also on and Twitter. remember as always... We're on iTunes now, so you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, also on YouTube. So there's multiple ways to follow us. You can't get away Um, from us. We're going to follow you until you follow us back. (laughs) Anyway, next week we're going to be 
not snubbing Spider-Man, finally. We'll have many Spider-Mans. <laughs> and Yeah, women's. we're going to be making up for it yeah. by looking at a whole bunch of Spider-Men at once in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm off to watch it tonight. Got the weekend previews. I will have to watch it sometime next week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. And I'm looking forward to us discussing it. Absolutely. And I hope you're looking forward to that too. But until then, I've been Phil. And I've been Nick. Thank you very much for watching The Cinequa Optimists. Like, See you next time. Like, comment, subscribe. And rate us on iTunes. Highly. Highly. <laughs> <laughs>